Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. We have uh, made it and walked down to a episode 2-0. We are in the 20s, uh, unlike uh, the temperature that has been outside for the past couple of days. But uh, I am your co-host, John Barchard, here hanging out with you. Uh, off to my right, we call him Patty Ice, the professor, the all-knowledgeable Mr. Patrick Wall. What's going on, my friend? When we get to episode 21, are we going to take it out for a beer? Yeah, absolutely. We should. Uh, we did that last night, and unfortunately, uh, it got cut short, but uh, 21 sounds like a good time to go out drinking again. As I look across the room and I see the super producer from 97.5 The Fanatic, my friend and yours, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's going on, bud? John, I'm just shocked we made it to 20. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. It's, a, I know, it's, mo- a, it's amazing. Most of us should be dead by now. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, guys, I mean, you know, it's kind of been a ho-hum type of week. Uh, not a lot of huge news coming out, but our old good friends, the Redskins. Oh, God bless them. We thought the holiday season was over, but they keep on giving as they hire Jay Gruden as their new head coach. Um, my initial reaction is hysterical. Uh, I mean, what can we say, guys? James, what, what did you think about it when you heard the news today? I, I, it was literally like my heart lifted. I, I was so happy when I saw the news. You had heard the rumors that Gruden might get hired by the Redskins. And, uh, I mean, first, look, we, first of all, we're looking at a guy, you know, I guess how could you not want the guy who created Andy Dalton, right? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Not, no, only but, who, I mean, not only who wanted Andy Dalton, but passed on Colin Kaepernick yes, to get Andy Dalton. Yes, Oh, yeah, no, th- this is great. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, they got the second-best coordinator on that team. I mean, you know, I think most people would want Mike Zimmer as their coach over Jay Gruden. I mean, I might even want Hugh Jackson, who uh, has just been promoted to replace him as offensive coordinator, uh, as my coach. Uh, I-, I think it's it's a really exciting thing for Eagles fans. Again, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, there have been coaches who have gotten jobs, and, I, and I've said no way that guy succeeds, and then all of a sudden they're coach of the year. But uh, in this case, I, I'm really, really happy as an Eagles fan with that decision. I mean, I when I heard the news, I thought that this was like a classic Redskins move in that I felt like they were trying to outsmart themselves by not outsmarting themselves, if that makes sense. They were like, we're going to go for the least flashy candidate we can get and in doing so, they got Jay Gruden. And I think there was a report earlier in the day that said that they might have actually kept Raheem Morris as their defensive coordinator, which would have been even better, but I'll settle for Jay Gruden <laughs> at this point. I mean, RG3, oh, God. I just He he uh, he tweeted earlier Thursday that, you know, welcome to the team. And I'm just thinking to myself, welcome to the team. Uh, I like my stakes medium, and uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> like, 
I, I don't see how this works well, but, you know, I guess to the Redskins' credit, I guess they wanted to get somebody up and coming and maybe a little less flashy, but uh, color me unimpressed. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. I, you know, I kind of respect what the Lions are doing right now. Uh, they're taking their time because, I, don't, you know, what's the rush uh, to get somebody here? I think Bruce Allen got, you know, his name guy. Just like people have been saying, Tampa Bay North and all that stuff. They want to bring some form of that band back together and rekindle some magic. But, uh, you know, it's if I, I don't understand why they didn't. If RG3 is such an important commodity, why wouldn't you have them in on the head coaching discussion just like the Detroit Lions are doing with Matthew Stafford? Why not make the most important investment that you made, that you wasted all those picks on, which St. Louis is going, thanks again, this year, you know, James, why wouldn't you at least have him in the discussion here? My, my guess is that they did. It might not have been made public, but I, I guarantee you they didn't hire Jay Gruden without going to RG3 and saying, hey, Robert, you know, this is the guy we're going to go with. What do you think? You know, uh, and if they didn't, you know, I, I guess it wouldn't be that shocking because we are talking about Dan Snyder and, and what that guy, I mean, who knows what that guy could do? You know, I, if I read a story that, that Dan Snyder decided to sell the Redskins and, and move to Guatemala to, to, you know, I don't even know. I, I Like, I would believe anything about this guy. He's reached that zone where any story I read about Daniel Snyder, no matter how absurd, how ridiculous, I would believe. So, in this case, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they did go and talk to RG3, but... Either way, it's just a very unexciting hire. It's not something that's going to rally your fan base. Uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, made the playoffs two years ago and, and, and it kind of reignited that excitement in Washington, D.C. for football with RG3 with a playoff run winning seven straight. And after this season, not only are you the second worst team in football, you don't have a first round pick. Your star quarterback has as bad, about as bad and tumultuous a, a sophomore season as you could possibly have. And then you go out. And hire John Gruden's brother. Uh, you know, it just, it, it, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm really shocked by it. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, I, I, I might think that there might be a problem with Kirk Cousins and him there in the in the early beginning. I think they make a. I don't know. I, I think Washington makes a horrible off season move, like a very large, obscene off season move with one of those two guys. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But James also brought up uh, an interesting point. You know, they did make the playoffs two years ago and then they kind of just regurgitated all that crap and decided not to play football. Patrick, do you think that this Eagles team has the potential to maybe do the same thing and regress from, uh, you know, this year's success? I think there's always that possibility, but I think the Redskins are a much different situation than the Eagles in almost every sense of the, of, of the, of the comparison. I mean, starting from the ownership, a lot of people give Jeffrey Lurie grief, but he is probably the least meddlesome owner in the NFC East. I mean, he'll pony up the money for free agency when it's necessary, and otherwise he stays out of the way. He's not talking to the media after every game. He's not making ridiculous hiring decisions. He's not even really making hiring decisions. I think the other thing you would look at is quarterback, and I think, can you can you picture Nick Foles having an offseason feud with Chip <laughs> Kelly for the next six months? Like, no. <laughs> I, no, 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 not at all. I just think that you have you have a, a a young core on both sides of the ball. I think you have genuine excitement in the locker room. You have a quarterback who can take you where you want to go, I think. And unless Nick Foles completely collapses next season, which, you know, there's always the possibility for regression, but I don't see him regressing through RG3 levels of futility. I, 
they maybe not 10 wins i think they can exceed 10 wins but i certainly don't see them getting the second pick in next year's draft i don't either and i think the 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 now the new point is just to win a playoff game next year uh james would you be satisfied with that actually before i start making benchmarks for everybody i would be satisfied if they won a playoff game next year in, in, in any regard absolutely I, I i think it's tough as i think this season kind of proved that it's tough to kind of go in with those expectations and expect them to remain consistent for the entire season uh you know like like we talked about uh you know a lot of people wanted wanted the eagles to beat the saints and if we didn't beat the saints then then it's a failure and and you know from from our point of view as we've all said in past podcasts we think that's kind of crazy because you know 10 and 6 win the nfc east who in their right mind saw that coming so i I do think that it's hard to kind of make that projection or that kind of you know that statement that if they win one playoff game next year i'm happy just because the expectations can change so much um but but i really agree with a lot of what patrick said I, i don't you know, you never know injuries. You never know what could happen. Foles could go down the first play of the year, you know, or you could lose four-fifths of your offensive line again or, you know, things like that can happen. But I think outside of that, I don't see any parallels between this Redskins situation heading into this season and the Eagles situation the year before other than the fact that both teams were, in a sense, up and coming. Uh, I think with Shanahan, uh, the issues that him and RG3 had going into the season, uh, the fact that RG3... Uh, you know, was coming off such a major injury. Uh, I just think that there really aren't a ton of parallels there. I think other than the fact that they both succeeded beyond what was expected the year before, uh, I just think that Kelly has a program. He's got people believing in it. I think the Eagles as a team are talented. Um, and, and like Patrick said, you know, they have a quarterback who's not going to, you know, end up spending the offseason feuding with Chip Kelly. So uh, I just don't see a ton of parallels there other than same division, same you know, unexpected rise to to making the playoffs and not only kelly who who i agree with you completely james and i think howie won't allow that to happen either i mean he's not an idiot and you can tell that he's directing this thing that the things that we've all wanted for a couple of years now is build through the draft and get the pieces through free agency and i think you're going to see that again this year i think you're going to see another good draft out of this whole crew and a lot of you know I, i don't know how much credit uh it needs to be dealt out here but i think for sure, Tom Gamble being in there probably will be that secondary checkoff of, hey, man, this is this is crazy value. There's no need to do this. I think it's a very, oh, God, I'm going to use that corporate word. It's synergetic type of front office where everybody's on the same page. So I don't really see a big downfall either coming up here. And, and uh, which surprises me from, I won't say all of the Eagles fans, but a lot of the tone that's been coming back this week now that it's, you know, been about six days or so since uh, <clears throat> the uh, playoff loss to the Saints. A lot of more negativity than I'm used to hearing on the radio. And we'll bring uh, Spike Eskin on here in just a little bit. But, uh, Patrick, did you notice that too? A lot of complainers saying we should have beat the Saints, which I agree with them. It was there for the taking. But that's a team that's been together for eight years. And suddenly, all that excitement and all that success. I heard a couple of people bringing up the Minnesota game like it mattered, and that's what affected the playoff loss and things like this. So why do you think now that there's those bitter voices that are coming out and uh, being as idiotic as they are? Uh, winning streak, man. I mean, we, <laughs> the Eagles were such a hot team down the stretch. You really got the feeling like that Bears game was just this, like, I don't want to call it a mirage, but it was just sort of this tantalizing what if that you saw on national television like 
this is the realization of everything Chip Kelly has been trying to do all season. If we played like this, there's not a team in the league that can beat us. And I think it was frustrating to, for fans to, to, to go down the way they did, but at the same time, and, and it does ring hollow, I know for a lot of fans, but I remember saying at the beginning of the season, if this team goes eight and eight, Chip Kelly is coach of the year. They went 10 and six and they made a, the playoffs. They were the three seed and they hosted a playoff game. Nobody saw that coming. If you say you did, you were lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I well, mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I get the frustration because every year, you know, you, you're used to this team competing. And even after the last two seasons of futility, it was a breath of fresh air to see the team compete and play well and seem to kind of gel. But it's year one of Chip Kelly. I mean, imagine how good this team is going to be, how scary this team is going to be when the the last two draft classes all hit their prime at the same time. I mean, that to me, that's the most exciting thing about this team. When the uh, 12 and 11 drafts all in, give them two or three years, it's going to be insane. With their powers combined. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'll be, uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll be like a, an awesome He-Man episode. And James, since you're behind the glass so much, and I know you do some of the phone screening on some of the shows out there, uh, what's been the, I mean, like, Overall, maybe it's just in my head, and maybe I, I want to rip negative people for, you know, ripping the season, but uh, has it been a majority of negative phone calls as people ask, what do you think about this Eagles season? From what I've heard, it's been a mix. Um, I think a lot of people were really upset about the Saints game itself. There was a lot of negativity about that game and the fact that the Eagles had the chance to win and didn't pull through. Um, however, I have heard a lot of positivity, a lot of people talking about you know, Chip Kelly and the excitement and, and looking forward to next year. But, um, you know, in, in my mind, as both of you have kind of alluded to, anyone who's not positive in my mind is wrong. Like, I'm sorry. I don't understand how you could not be excited about what the Eagles have going on right now. How could you not be excited about Chip Kelly, about this program, about what Patrick said? I mean, look at that, that 11 or 12 draft or whatever it was. I mean, just in the first four rounds, you end up with Fletcher Cox, uh, Michael Kendricks, Vinnie Curry, Nick Foles, and Brandon Boykin. I mean, you know, outside of Curry, who's a nice player, four of those guys are are four core components of this team, including your starting quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, I think that once these younger guys get a chance to kind of grow and gel within this system, we all have to remember, again, this was everybody's first year in Chip Kelly's system. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand any negativity. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I, you know, I can get if you're if you're just kind of a, a negative person and you kind of are always uh, pessimistic, looking for holes. But e- even with that, like, yeah, you could be upset that that the Eagles didn't win the Saints game because they had a, le- a legitimate chance to win it, and uh, you could make the argument they should have won it. But you know, past that, looking on to next season. I, I just don't get any sort of negativity. It makes no sense to me. Well, one man who knows a lot about that as well is our next guest, and we are proud to have him from CBS3 Philly, from uh, KYW, also uh, the fastest uh, cheesesteak eater. Uh, He can do it while stealing my girlfriend all at the same time. From Sports Radio 94 WIP, Mr. Spike Eskin, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with myself that I ate the cheesesteak. I was, I, I was really confident until I had to do it, and I had it sitting in front of me. You don't realize like how three minutes seems like forever until the clock is in front of you, man. That's that's all I know. Were you, uh, were you able to uh, hold it all in, or did uh, some uh, kind of fall out after the, uh, you know, the show? No, no, no. I did it in two ten. I, I like I can eat a lot. I, I was actually, I'm, I'm pretty thin now, but I used to be 
I'd say like 10, 12 years ago, I was probably like 235, 240. So like I was a big, big, big boy. So I have like, and I, I have no problem eating. Um, I just never had to eat for speed like that before. So, uh, but I was uh, proud, proud to do it, proud to do it and get the, uh, and win the hundred bucks. Nice. Nice. That's a, yeah, it's always a good bet, my friend. Um, no, we were just talking here and, and we noticed that despite probably the Eagle success that came around here, there was a lot of good positive talk. Everybody was feeling good. And then in the last three or four days, it suddenly just kind of curtailed. And now everybody's upset. And why didn't we do this? And why isn't the season starting again and all this type of stuff? So I just want to get your reaction based on that. Was, is, uh, did you find any of the uh, people you talked to? And is there any of that justified? Uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned negative. I, I don't think, I don't necessarily um, think of it as that way. I think what happens is, is that I, I felt like the initial reaction, I, I felt like I was more frustrated than other people were. I felt like other people were like, yeah, well, it was a great season anyway. And then I just sit there looking at it. And I, I thought to myself, you know, as I'm trying to rationalize it or whatever, I thought, well, that was what the Redskins thought last year. And then all of a sudden everything fell apart. And you, you only get, you know, sometimes you get a, you know, you get an opportunity and, um, you know, and it's not always in the NFL. It's not always a straight line up. You know, you don't do a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Like if it was that way, then we wouldn't have gone from four and 12 to 10 and six here. So I had a, you know, I was, I think initially a little bit frustrated that they lost, but everyone seemed pretty happy. But then I think what happens is, is that like, you know, sometimes when things are going well, it's exciting and everybody loves talking about it, but there's not a ton to talk about, you know, right, like right. unless like for a while we had Foles doing really well and you're talking about breaking records and what is Nick Foles. But then once the season ends, like if you want to talk about it, you have to talk about like there's only two things to talk about, like what went wrong, why did they lose, and then what can we do to be better? And because the NFL is sort of a 12-month-a-year thing, and the cycle, the cycle has now begun, as far as I can see, as, okay, so what do they do for next year? And I think that can be construed. I think what, to me, on, like, my side, because I, for my job I have to listen to IP all day, and, I, you know, I, I deal with IP's Twitter all day, is that, like, when you're, not, when, you're, when you're not saying that everything is great, then people sometimes construe that as you saying that everything is bad, you know, like it's so, so, so that's sort of the, that, that's sort of my, my perspective on it. Like, you know, I think I got trapped into that with the Foles thing for a little while. Like when, when I didn't, when I, like, I wasn't ready to say that Nick Foles is Tom Brady or Joe Montana. Everybody was like, you hate him. Well, all right. If, if you want me to be, if you want me to be that guy, I'll be that guy. Like that's fine. We can play that game, but that's not really what I was ever saying so i guess that's a long answer to a short question no no we want it all man that's a good so i just 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 to reflect real quick do you honestly think though that the eagles could regress into a redskins type of season next year well no i but i like it you know but i guess i i guess stranger things have happened yeah i would i wouldn't say like i'm a he was a huge chip guy when they hired him have been a huge chip guy all of a sudden like there's for you to have the leading rusher, the leading passer, two wide receivers that have career years, Brent Selleck basically reborn, and the best you know rushing offensive line in the league, like with the same personnel that you had last year, that that is the coach. You know that the players did their jobs, but that is the coach. So I'm huge on that, and I think it would be a 
um, I think they'll they'll be great next year. But like, you know, the, the Redskins have a like who is a guy who is, you know, has his haters. But Mike Shanahan, who's won two super two Super Bowls, they had a franchise quarterback. They had the, probably the two best offensive rookies in the NFL last year, and Alfred Morris, or, or maybe you know one quarterback and the best running running back rookie in the NFL last year, Alfred Morris and RG three, and like there were problems, like everybody saw problems, but you know it just shows what like a an injury and a wrong turn can do, you know, like all of a sudden they go from favorites to or, or a team on the rise to just a, an unmitigated disaster so i don't think that's possible i just think sometimes in the nfl like things you know especially the way that that the last several years it hasn't been the best team in the nfl has won the super bowl you know baltimore far from the best team giants far from the best team i think the packers were probably better than their record but i certainly wouldn't have called them the best team in the nfl that year you know you have a chance to to, I'm not saying they should have won the Super Bowl, but I'm saying stranger things have happened than the Eagles going, you know, and everybody talks about, well, they had a second-year QB. Well, the, that's what the 49ers had last year. You know, they, they had a guy who probably started fewer games, I'm sure started fewer games than Nick Foles in Kaepernick, and they went to a Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes things just continue to get better. Like Seattle has taken a, a nice progression. But sometimes, like, you know, you're in that chant, you're in that spot, and you don't want to just take that for granted that you're whoopee. We got to the, the playoffs. You want to make the most of it. So, um, I didn't think it was a shame that they lost to the, the the Saints, and I, you know, I thought maybe the Saints were probably a better team. But when you get Breeze throwing two interceptions in the first half, and you don't, and you're not up two scores, that's I think you know that's a missed opportunity. So I think it's fair to say that they missed an opportunity there. Spike, I think that's a great point, especially what you said about the NFL. It's not always a straight lineup. You know, like like you just said, there are teams that are not the best team in football, and they find a way to get hot at the right time and win it. But tabling that for a sec, since this is an Eagles team that made a huge jump in year one, what is the number one thing you need to see out of this team? heading into training camp, whether it's an addition, uh, whether it's uh, shoring up a, a particular spot on the field, what do you need to see from this team that's going to make you feel extremely confident that that will be a straight line for this team and they will continue to get better heading into training camp? Well, I think I think the one thing that will get better, just not by accident, but for continuity's sake, is you know the Eagles got better on both sides of the ball consistently through the year because – you know, training camp is not long and there's not a ton of practice time during the year. So they were implementing new systems on both sides. And I think it's fair to say that most of their practice came in games. Like they got better mostly because they were running this new system during games. And I think that was one advantage. One thing that made Foles better was being able to continue to play, play, play. And it made everybody else better. So, I think offensively, and I think you'll have a lot of the same returning guys defensively, and again, it was a new scheme with a lot of the same guys, some different guys, but a lot of the same guys, is that they will have a year of this under their belts. And when they go into camp, like they won't be learning anything new. They'll be getting better at what they already know. So I think it's fair to think that they can get better without a ton of significant you know, big free agent type additions. And as we've seen, that doesn't really work. But I think it's pretty clear that they need uh, a pass rusher, like an outside pass rusher, whether that guy is 
considered defensive end or an outside linebacker or both. But like they need a, they had trouble those last couple of games really getting to the quarterback, you know. And I think it even started sort of during the Minnesota game, like they just, you know, it just it just stopped uh, the Dallas game. It was sort of disconcerting, and then the the Saints game. I thought it was similar too. So I think they need uh, a pass rusher, and I think it's pretty obvious that they need like probably. Uh, they might need two safeties, you know, and they might, and they need another yeah, defensive back, you know, they need another defensive back too. So, you know, because even if Fletcher and Williams are here next year, that's probably like the end of them. You know, I can't imagine them being here much longer than that. I don't think either guy is, is particularly good, but I do think getting that a pass rusher can make the secondary look probably a little bit better then they've they've looked you know when you can't get to the quarterback that makes the, the secondary look bad anyway so that would be my guess and then you know and then as far as like the offense you just want to see the quarterback continue to do what he did you know and maybe um when his confidence and comfort level goes up you know be able to perhaps take a couple more chances and, and make a couple more plays on his own but that that would be what what I'd say would would make them better this next year, make me confident going into camp. So I guess the full thing isn't confident going into camp is the the additions on defense would be. Awesome. Well, Spike Eskin uh, from ninety four WIP, we appreciate all your time, my friend. Anytime you want to come back, you are more than welcome, my friend. Good luck to you. Thanks, man. Uh, Honored to be a part of it. So thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem, Spike. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Spike. A big thank you to Spike Eskin uh, for jumping on board. He's a great guy, man. He needs to get more airtime. You, know, you hear me, WIP, a little more airtime, and I'm hearing that the new guy at 7 o'clock, not so good. So that's just initial reports. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, a lot of good information that he gave us, but one thing we haven't really dissected into, fellas, is you know free agency, uh, re-signing some of the players that are on here, uh, taking a look at the draft. Hopefully Dan Klossner can uh, jump on here, but he's having a little trouble getting back from uh, you know Tahiti or wherever he's uh, doing in the offseason. But, um, Patrick, who, who of this crew right now do you say immediately need to resign from the Eagles squad? I think the first guy you got to look at is Jeremy Macklin. And I know that I may be in the minority here, and I can already right hear it. Now! I, hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, it, if I'm Howie, I'm signing Macklin before I sign Cooper. I think when you look when you look back at the season, because Macklin went out so early, I think a lot of fans just kind of forgot about him. But I just see so much potential with him in this offense. He's the kind of piece I think he's like a Deshaun, maybe probably well, definitely less versatile than Deshaun. But I think you can move Macklin around. I think you can put him in the slot. I think you can put him outside. And I think that if he had been healthy this season and he had played all season, I think we would have had. 2,000 yard receivers on this team um, so he's the guy that I'm looking at first well we might have we might have if if Nick Foles would have started from the beginning of the year too we don't know Riley Cooper's numbers didn't jump up until then and I know Deshaun's contract and that whole small controversy happened a couple of days ago look we can talk about it but it's a I think it's a clearly annoying and everybody has their opinion and it's already out of everybody's heads anyway but we can get into that if everybody wants to. I got to disagree with Patrick a little bit. I, I, It's not that I'm against re-signing Jeremy Macklin. I think uh, there will be a couple of options out there. I think Andy could give him a call. I could see him going to Oakland. I could see him going down to Jacksonville if he really wanted to. I know that he, well, I don't know specifically. Let me just, I'm not, I don't have any inside track here. But just from what's been reported, he definitely wants to come back. Riley wants to come back. I don't know if you have to necessarily re-sign him. 
I think the Eagles could have a, an amazing deal if he wants to come back here because there is too much wide receiver talent that is taller and faster than Jeremy Macklin. And I'm okay with Riley Cooper, Deshaun Jackson, and the draft pick going into this thing and maybe picking up somebody in free agency. So if he wants to walk, that's not necessarily a bad thing for this offense. James, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree with you, John. I, I, per, I mean, I think Macklin's a fine player. Uh, you know, I, I don't have anything against the guy, and he seems like a, a good team guy and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, he's coming off an ACL tear. He's had two ACL tears since college. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where, yeah, you know, we, we are at the point with sports medicine where a, an ACL tear definitely isn't what it used to be. It's not the, you know, career ender or at least serious impediment to having a successful career that it used to be. But uh, I also think that it might take him a little time to get back up to speed physically. Um, and, and I just I don't think he's anything special, per se. Like, I think he's a nice receiver, right. but. You know, I, he doesn't – I don't know. I, I think personally for me, re-signing Macklin is going to all be about years and dollars. If he wants to take a, a one-year contract with some options at a reasonable price to try and prove that he's healthy and that he can compete in this league, awesome. Bring the guy back. But, you know, if he's looking for a long-term deal, I personally just don't know if I would give it to him. Is there anybody – you know, I haven't really checked this re- lately. I don't know if either one of you guys know. Is there any real potential – free agent wide receivers that are better than Macklin right now? There there are guys who are better than Macklin, but, uh, you know, like Eric Decker is a free agent. I, I yeah. would be shocked if the Broncos let that guy go. Yeah. Um, Julian Edelman's a free agent. I personally would take Edelman over Macklin, you know. Um, and then it's a lot of guys who I think are very similar to Macklin in terms of the, you know, not necessarily similar in terms of, of the way they play the game, but similar in terms of, of talent level. Um, you've got your older guys. you got Akeem Nix. you got Anquan Bolden. Uh, James Jones is a free agent. Kenny Britt, uh, Golden Tate. You know, there are names there that I, you know, I like Golden Tate. I think that kid's got a bit of talent. I think he's a shifty kind of guy, but uh, I think he's a little too similar to Deshaun. I I think what you said, John, I'd love to see them get a Mike Evans or a Marquise Lee or or someone. I would be, I know, I know everyone wants them to pound the draft and, excuse me, pound the defense in the draft. (laughs) And I, you know, I'll pound the draft for you, buddy. There we go. It's all about pounding. Um, I, I can't, I know that people want them to pound defense in the draft, and I'm I'm okay with that. I totally get that, but uh, you won't see me complaining if they go out and get a big wide receiver in that first round. And I was going to say, I think the thing, I think the thing for me is when you look at, yeah, you're right, dollars and years is going to be the biggest thing. And if Macklin is looking for that long term long term deal, excuse me, I don't know that he's your guy. But I got to give a big uh, shout out to Noah Becker on Twitter for pulling these numbers. If you compare Riley Cooper's year this year to the years of the career years of Reggie Brown, Todd Pinkston, and James Thrash, they're almost identical. I don't know about you, but I think that Macklin's ceiling and probably his just borderline play coming off of his ACL is going to be better than Riley Cooper's career year. So for me, if I'm looking to if I'm looking to supplement in the draft anyway, I'd rather give that money to a player who I think has a little bit more valuable skill set. Yes, Riley Cooper can block, but for me, I think I would rather have a a faster guy and a a little bit more of a movable chess piece like Macklin than than a guy who's probably going to have the best year of his career already with with, uh, Cooper. But then I think you're stuck with the situation of, okay, if you, I mean, granted, the, the idea would be to sign both of them, obviously, but if you just sign Macklin, you don't sign Cooper, that leaves a big hole in your red zone offense. He was a big part of that. He's another 
guy that's, you know, he, the, he doesn't have the speed. He's got the length. So if you, man, I, I just think the ultimate dream for me would be if you could re-sign Macklin at a, at a, at a good price. Uh, you know, you sign Cooper for whatever. Uh, he had a great year. If you mix the two of Riley and, uh, you know, Macklin in the slot or on the outside, and then you have whatever gigantic Marquise Lee, Mike Evans, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins, if you can get enough uh, luck in the draft to move up to a position to go and grab him, I think that is freaking deadly and almost unstoppable at that point. Now, it's it's just like we were talking about last night off air. Can't remember who said it, but, you know, we all want to eat our cake before we want to eat our vegetables, and that would be that kind of move. Um, but if it's and let's get into it, guys. The the draft part of this, if if you have a choice between, let's say you're sitting pretty, somehow you get haha Clinton Dix uh, and uh, uh, Mike Evans or Marquise Lee, and maybe like a low first round, second ground, uh, second grade, uh, second grade, second round grade uh, pass rusher. What would be your first selection out of that crew? Um, here here's the thing. Uh, I think that. I agree with what Spike said. I think that an outside edge pass rusher is the number one need on this team heading into the offseason, heading into next season. I think that you need to be able to, you know, create pressure with just a front four. And we saw in the Saints game and we saw in the Cowboys game that that is a problem for this football team as they're currently comprised. So I do think an edge pass rusher is the number one need, but I don't think that there is that guy in the first round of the draft, at least where the Eagles will be, pick, will be picking. Uh, again, you know, Dan is more of a draft expert, but uh, from what I've seen, I think that I like HaHa Clinton Dix or a Mike Evans or a Marquise Lee more than any of those linebackers, uh, you know, outside linebackers, edge pass rushers, who you would get in that spot. So I would probably lean towards going, um, you know, with the player instead of the need. Um, you know, I think that you got to draft based on who's available at that time, who's the best player, do they fit your system, more so than saying we have to get an edge pass rushers. let's use our first. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying, though. If it's – so let's eliminate the pass rusher at that point because maybe you can get them in the second or third round or whatever. So Or free agency or, or whatever. Right, so say it's HaHa and say it's Marquise Lee or Mike Evans. What are you doing? Honestly uh, – if it's Mike Evans, I'm going Mike Evans. If it's if it's Marquise Lee, I'll probably go haha. Um I, I think that Mike Evans is the exact type of receiver that this team needs. And you know what? That's not fair. I think I'd probably go with the receiver. Uh, you know, I know how you know when I know you're right. When I stop and think about it, I, I and as much as I know how big a need safety is, uh, I still think that the the you know, tantalizing possibility of putting a Mike Evans or a Marquise Lee into this offense and watching it grow from what it is now to, to adding that kind of threat, uh, I think it's just too much to pass up. Patrick, haha, Marquise Lee, Mike Evans, uh, and a pass rusher. Because I, I really, I really couldn't give you a name. But who, what would you do? You know, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the answer that if I were listening, I would boo myself. But I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, I would go BPA, honestly. Best player. I mean, oh, the reason... Oh, no, yeah, well, I agree. That's what I'm I saying. Agree. Who's the best player available out of that? That's what I'm saying. You have to... You, you got to draw a line in the sand. I mean, that. what if that happens? Who's the best player available at that point? I... I I'll, I'm going to take credit for the cake line. I'm <laughs> oh, way more excited right. <laughs> about... I'm way more excited about the possibility of a big-time receiver than I am... A safety, even if he has a hilarious name, and I think also and, you 
you have a potential to grab one of the safeties in free agency, which I know isn't really what we're talking about, but you'll still have you'll still have guys that you can get in free agency to at least supplement. I think, gosh, I just the idea of adding a, another big time weapon like Marquise Lee or, or Mike Evans. I think James hit it exactly on the head. You add a guy like Mike Evans to this lineup, and you somehow manage to keep all of your already homegrown receivers, plus you still have three tight ends on your roster who are very capable i i think chip would just go nuts and do things i can't say on air but (laughs) but at the same time i i think i guess what i was trying to say with the with the bpa thing is i would stay clear of a pass rusher if he's clearly not the best guy on your board because that's how you end up with jake Jarrett. yeah yeah that's a great point that is a great point and i know mike k is not the biggest or the you know the highest on haha like a lot of other Alabama defensive players, that's still kind of a thing. Yeah, you know, the defense is it's, it's hit or miss. A lot of their offensive players are hit and miss. And maybe it's just a good Nick Saban program to get those guys to play. But I, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, if I want to see, we all want to see a full-out Chip Kelly offense. So give it to us. There are going to be guys in the second or third round in this thing that will fill those holes. There's things in free agency. Obviously, the big names is... Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not so obvious. Can uh, I, I, I keep one? TJ Ward is. I want to say Marlon Bird, but that's not right. Jesus, Jarius Bird, Jarius Bird, TJ Ward's yeah. a free agent. Jarius Dante Whitner, Bernard Pollard. That's right. So I mean, if you Jenison Chung, and this is kind of a debatable thing that happened on BGN too. There was a lot of people that were saying, "Yeah, you definitely need to resign Nate Allen." Are you guys resigning Nate Allen? Yeah, I am. Uh, depending on on you know again. Uh, we're, we're talking hypotheticals here, and, and Chip Kelly would obviously not be a fan of that. Chip doesn't do hypotheticals, as he said many a time. Uh, but I think it's all going to come down to years and dollars. But uh, assuming it's a fair deal at a fair market price, I, I would be totally fine with Nate Allen coming back. I think that we saw Nate grow a bit this year. Uh, we kind of saw what, you know, he look, he's, he's not the best safety in the league, far from it. Uh, but I, I think we saw him grow. I think he showed that in a Billy Davis system, he can at least be a serviceable safety uh, and looking at the list of free agents out there, I, you know, I don't know how much better it's going to get. I think you really need to focus on upgrading that other spot with Chung. You hope Earl Wolf takes an extra, you know, another step this year, and you have three safeties in there who can really fight it out for playing time. Uh, you know, yeah, it's um, it's going to be an excited. I'm excited for the draft. Like, I'm. It's weird how the season hasn't even been a week old for the Eagles, and already it's just an intensive. Who are we going to get? How can we make this better? It's a good thing, though. It's a good thing. <laughs> it is. I just, it's, it's weird that we've uh, digested the game so fast. So it's, it's, it's nuts. I love it. I love every single second. That's why I love this town, um, guys. You know, not a lot of. Uh, we're not going to do the big uh, shabam NFL picks, but uh, Patrick, we do need a Super Bowl prediction. Where is it going to end? You know. When the last uh, day of the season was happening and you're waiting for the Eagles to play on Sunday night, the only game that I could pay attention to was the Chargers game because every ounce of me was screaming, don't make the playoffs. Break this stupid home curse. Break it. And then they won. And then they won in Cincinnati. And now they're playing a division team in the divisional round that they already beat this season. I I'm going to pick <laughs> the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, to go wow! To the Super Bowl. And who's on the NFC side? I have them losing to the Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks, 
Chargers. James, what do you have at the end of the year? Uh, I think we're going to get to the same point, just different ways about it. I do like that call. I think, as we've all seen, uh, it never seems to play out the way everyone expects it to. Uh, having said that, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to predict Denver, Seattle, uh, but I'm going to be close. I, I, I agree with you, Patrick. Uh, I have Seattle going to the Super Bowl and winning it. Uh, I think that that home field advantage, as as we've discussed uh, many times, is the biggest home field advantage in all of sport. Uh, so I think that no one walks in there and beats them. I, I'm sure the Niners, if they can get past Carolina, can give Seattle a game there. But uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I think they're going to beat Hoodie and, and Tom Brady. I think that Tom Brady and Belichick are going to get another chance to get there and are going to come up just short one more time. I like that pick. That's a great pick. However, I do think there is a team that can beat Seattle. And I'm going to pick them to go to the, not only go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to pick them to win the Super Bowl. I think the Saints actually give them a game. I don't think they come wow. out and win. But I do think that not only do the 49ers win in Carolina, I think they handle Carolina beautifully. And I think when they go up and play in Seattle, I think Michael Crabtree has been an immense adding to their offense since he's come back off of injury. I think they pulled the upset in Seattle. I think they go in. I think they see Denver on the other side, and I think they crush Denver, and I think Jim Harbaugh finally gets his Super Bowl ring. Denver, 49ers in the Super Bowl, and the uh, AFC Championship game with the Patriots and the Denver, and Denver slightly edges it out somehow to get uh, all the Peyton Manning hype around it. So that's where I'm at. I hope uh, I hope all of our predictions come true in some sort of weird hot tub time machine way so we can all see that. I would love, I, I, you know, now that the Eagles are out of it, I, I think I'm rooting for Seattle too. I, I think that city deserves a championship. I mean, you know, they got their basketball team stolen away from them. <laughs> uh, Seattle's a great city. It's a fun town. Uh, good people out there. I, I, w- I would be very happy to see the Seattle Seahawks take it home. I wouldn't mind that either. And I hope the uh, rest of the NFL playoffs are just as exciting as they always have been. Uh, we're going to wrap things up for uh, tonight. I'm not quite sure what the schedule is going to be going here forward. Uh, I'm going to do a little self-promotion here and say that the Philadelphia Wings indoor lacrosse season has begun. Uh, so that I work with them uh, during the season. If anybody out there ever wants tickets to come see the game and check out a little indoor lacrosse, just message us here and we'll be sure to get you some tickets. It's a really cool, awesome uh, sport to uh, take your mind off, uh, you know, the Sixers losing. And it's where the Flyers play, so it's nice to kind of hang out and check that out. Um, But uh, we'll uh, probably do uh, just a very draft-heavy type of show upcoming next with Dan Klosner and uh, that type of stuff. Senior Bowl's coming up. I know a couple of guys are going down there as well, so stick with us. We're still going to be putting them out uh, probably once a week, and uh, we hope and uh, thank you all for listening very much for all my hosts here, Mr. Patrick Wall, Mr. James Zeltzer, and for me, John Barchard, we thank you for listening to BGN Radio episode number 20. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. BGN Radio.